KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Art Power, welcoming the renowned Jack Quartet to San Diego for an evening of music titled Modern Medieval with works by Caroline Shaw, Morton Feldman, and more. Monday, May 6th at The Loft at UC San Diego, artpower.ucsd.edu. Census caravans will cruise through San Diego. We've had a lot of different caravans just to raise awareness, let people know the census is still here. We need to take it today. The importance of the census. I'm Maureen Cavanaugh. This is KPBS Midday Edition. Older people living on their own need to prepare for wildfire. People freeze up. They have a hard time thinking. They can't make decisions. They're too concerned about not knowing where their meds are. They get locked up. And our weekend preview ranges from Beethoven at Summerfest to the Princess and the Frog at the Drive-In. Stay with us for Midday Edition, coming up next. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. The U.S. Census count is nearing its final weeks, and there are a number of efforts underway to reach San Diegans who haven't yet responded. Today, the United Way is sponsoring car caravans through San Diego to raise awareness about the census in low-responding communities. This year, the census has faced a number of challenges from the pandemic and the Trump administration, but advocates want to remind people about the important role this once-a-decade count plays in people's lives. Joining me is Michelle Silverthorne with the Count Me 2020 Coalition and the United Way of San Diego County. And Michelle, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. So what are these car caravans like? What will people see? We've had a lot of different caravans just to raise awareness, let people know the census is still here. We need to take it today, the importance of the census. And so today we have a Count Me 2020 Census Day of Action. We have five, this is like world record for us here in San Diego. We have five simultaneous caravans that are happening this evening. So from National City, Chula Vista, Vista, San Marcos, and Escondido, we will have up to, I think there's even up to 30 cars in some of these caravans that will be decorated. They'll have balloons, they'll have signs that say, count me, um, count our community, our community counts. Um, and a couple of them will have media trucks as well. So they'll have the LED trucks sending um, some census messaging, some PSAs, and just sharing out how important it is to take the census. What is the county's response so far? We've already hit the 2010 rates. So we're closing in on 2000 rates, which is 73% in San Diego. So we're getting close to the best census 
um, numbers in 20 years, but we that's not 100%. So we still have a ways to go. Now, door-to-door census takers have been hampered by the COVID pandemic. What kind of responses have they been getting? That's a good question. And, and just as a reminder, our work is the Count Me 2020 Coalition is for Outreach and Education to ensure our community members are taking the census. But the outreach workers, or excuse me, the enumerators or the census takers began about two weeks ago going door to door. I've had some, um, some connections to a few of them and they're getting good responses, but they're also noting that there are people that are a little bit hesitant to answer the door. So I've heard that rates are, are doing well. Um, this isn't data that we have on hand but that numbers are continuing to increase and that data is being received. Now, the date to end the census has recently been moved up to September 30th. It had been extended to the end of October because of the COVID pandemic. Why was that date changed? That's a good question. So the date was changed. It actually was originally July 31st. Due to COVID, they did extend it to October 31st, and it has since been rolled back to September 30th. So this has caused a little bit of confusion in the community and and curiosity as to to why this is happening. It's important to remember that regardless, we need to take the census today. And Rolling this back could hurt its its thoroughness and even produce inaccurate data, um, but will have lasting effects for the next decade. So Los Angeles and several other cities are suing the Census Bureau to force it to keep to that October deadline. How much would that extra time, that extra four weeks or so, mean to the count? Having that extra time, those extra four weeks, will allow a couple extra weeks for the enumerators, for those census takers, to return to the homes. They right now have up to um, six visits to visit a home. If they do not get a response, they do go to a proxy, so a neighbor or a, a male person or a landlord to gather that data. So having the extra time would give us an opportunity to ensure that everyone is counted. We are hearing anecdotally that people still are not familiar with the census, that they, they're not sure if it's safe to take the census. So having that extra four weeks would give us extra time to ensure that our community is completely counted. Along those lines of people being wary of this census, so one of the threats I mentioned up top came from the administration when they wanted to add a citizenship question. That whole idea was thrown out by the Supreme Court, but it was feared that that threat alone has had a chilling effect. In your opinion, have people been more reluctant to respond because of that? I would say that we are continually saying that there is not a citizenship question. Um, Even though this happened over a year ago, that the citizenship question was never included on the census, um, there still is concern that that that's not true. Um, We're ensuring that in all of our outreach and education that we mentioned that there is not a citizenship question, your data is safe, um, that it's secure to take the census, that the data is encrypted, and essentially the the census information that is, is provided is data. It is provided to the Census Bureau as data, and it's tallied as data. And, and additionally, it is um, prohibited by law to, um, to share out this data. Now, an undercount can have real-life consequences. Remind us what the census count determines. Sure. The census count determines up to $1.5 trillion annually in federal funding that is allocated back to the states, back to, to local jurisdictions. Um, this includes things like Head Start, 
um, other child development programs, um, services for seniors, um, SNAP programs. It really determines a lot. Um, roads, schools, there's so many things that the, that the census count determines. This also impacts jobs and businesses and how people make decisions. Now, when people see these car caravans or they see other census reminders, what are ways that they can respond? There are many ways to respond to the census. The first way, the easiest way, is to go to my2020census.gov and complete it online. It's nine questions. It takes about nine minutes. The other way to complete it is to call. So you can call uh, the census phone number. There's up to 13 languages available. There are also 13 languages available on the online form. If you received a paper form in the mail, you can still return that. Make sure it has a postmark of September 30th. And if you do receive a knock on your door, go ahead and answer that door and talk to the numerator and share the information that they're asking. There's many ways you can tell if it is a numerator. They will have a badge, they will have census information, and you can actually um, scan some of their information to ensure that that is a census enumerator. Okay, I've been speaking with Michelle Silverthorne with the Count Me 2020 Coalition and the United Way of San Diego County. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Maureen. All week, we've been talking about the threat of wildfire to care homes. But the fact is, most older people aren't in care homes. And we know when a wildfire hits, they suffer the most. In the North Bay fires and the Camp Fire, three quarters of the people who died were over the age of 65. In the conclusion of a KQED investigation called Older and Overlooked, reporters Molly Peterson and April Domboski explore how to protect elderly people who live independently. We begin with April in fire-prone Nevada County. From the foothills of the Sierra Nevada, a new hero will emerge. At drive-in theaters this fall, moviegoers in Grass Valley will see a trailer like this one. It shows people packing go bags, cleaning gutters, kids showing their grandparents how to get emergency alerts online. This fire season, you're the hero. The message is clear. Get ready, because if a fire comes, you're on your own. Many residents here have taken it to heart. During fire season, Katrina Hardin falls asleep to her police scanner every night listening for early signs of wildfire. I use it like a radio. Until recently, Hardin lived with her mom, Rosemarie Reeder, who's 77. Nevada County has one of the highest rates of residents over 65 in the state. It's a lot of retirement up here. Various people have walkers, some are in wheelchairs. The mother and daughter helped create a buddy system, pairing every elderly neighbor with a younger one someone to check on them in an emergency and help them get out. People freeze up. They have a hard time thinking. They can't make decisions. They're too concerned about not knowing where their meds are. They get locked up. The buddy pairings are mainly informal agreements decided while out walking the dog. Reader believes they will save lives. It's vitally needed, especially in these days with as much climate change as we have had. We really don't know what's coming next, and we need to prepare for it. She wishes the buddy pairings were part of a systemic response for all neighborhoods. My colleague Molly Peterson explains why that's unlikely. During a disaster, no public agency has legal responsibility for checking up on elderly people. Not the county, not the state. 
Debbie Toth is an advocate for seniors living independently. She says ageism causes more deaths and disasters. I'm saying people's reactions to it, like these are just disposable people. They're elderly. They're at the end of their life anyway. Like there's no value there. Disabled people, poor people, old people. These are the vulnerable communities that California emergency officials want to find and warn. They are vulnerable physically, emotionally, and financially. But so are the systems meant to protect them. It's another one of those one step forward, 12 steps back. Jerry Kennedy is 68, going on 31, he likes to say, with an impish grin. And three years ago, fire came for his house in Santa Rosa. I woke up from you know, the noise. and So I go out in the front and big chunks of debris were falling, you know, flame. Rescuers knocked on his door. He slept through it. Everybody's gone. There was nobody there. There was no fire department. There was no neighbors. They, everybody had been evacuated. His house burned to the ground. No insurance. So I slept in my car. He moved to a shelter. In a cot there one night, he almost stopped breathing. Smoke inhalation, pneumonia, and congestive heart failure. After all of that, Kennedy can't sleep well now. He is depressed and anxious. He rents a room in someone else's house in Oakmont, and he can't drive anymore for medical reasons. I feel isolated. I don't feel connected so much as I'd like to. By nature, Kennedy is hopeful. He has a cat rescued from paradise. He says they're survivors. The Kincaid fire forced them to evacuate again last fall. Just when you think you're safe and nothing is going to happen, <laughs> well, here it comes again. And so I had to relive the experience again. For those who might have trouble evacuating, that have mobility issues, it's even more important that their communities be designed to reduce their risk. Max Moritz is a wildfire specialist for the UC Cooperative Extension. He says we know how to build and cluster homes more safely near wildlands, but we don't. We basically need stronger and more deliberate urban planning guidance to address where and how we build our communities, especially in the face of climate change. Moritz says we have to learn to live with wildfire. Californians don't like being told where to do it, even after disaster strikes. As long as that's true, we have to work harder to protect the people who are overlooked. I'm Molly Peterson, KQED News. You can read more about the Older and Overlooked series on the KQED website. KPBS On Demand is supported by Bill Howe Plumbing, Heating and Air, Restoration and Flood Services. Family owned and operated for three generations, Bill Howe has been serving the plumbing, heating and air and water damage needs of the San Diego area since 1980. With their fleet of trained professionals, Bill Howe has the ability to service all major and minor plumbing and HVAC emergency needs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Bill Howe is committed to providing excellent service to their customers with transparent quotes and attention to detail on every job. Whether you're in need of an HVAC installation, plumbing, or water damage restoration in San Diego, they offer the convenience of scheduling an appointment over the phone, online, or through live chat on their website. Call 1-800-BILL-HOWE or visit billhowe.com. Because we know how. This is KPBS Midday Edition. I'm Maureen Cavanaugh. 
How about taking the edge off this scorching hot weekend with a little art and culture, whether it's in person or broadcast from an empty concert hall? There's a chance to catch a striking work of art with COVID-style appointment viewings, a couple of free options from the La Jolla Music Society's Summerfest kicking off today, and a beloved animated musical, Drive-In Style. Joining me is KPBS arts editor and producer Julia Dixon-Evans with all the details. And welcome, Julia. Hi, Maureen. Now, let's start with a new space from the people behind Quint Gallery. What's special about Quint One and what's on display right now? Yeah, Quint opened a new smaller space in La Jolla this summer on Girard, and it's dedicated to showing one significant piece of, of work at a time. Right now, they're doing socially distant appointment-only viewings for it, too. Um, They opened with a work last month by Robert Irwin, but right now there's a massive work by legendary artist Mary Course. I pretty much gasped when I saw there was a work by Mary Course in town. It's her light painting grid series piece, and that was part of the Guggenheim's 1971 10 Young Artists show. It's this huge canvas, eight feet by eight feet, uses her signature glass microspheres to refract light. Her work is really vibrant. It buzzes with light. So it really warrants an in-person visit, none of this online viewing stuff. So if you've been waiting for the perfect must-see thing to try out appointment-only gallery visits, this is the one. Okay, Mary Corse's Light Painting Grid series is on view at Quint One in La Jolla through Monday. Now, earlier this week on Midday Edition, we spoke with music director Inan Bartanan about this year's Summerfest reimagined. But Julia, you found out about a few free Summerfest programs. Yeah, in addition to streaming these fully produced performances from that stage, they'll also host several public discussions and dress rehearsal live streams of select pieces on YouTube. Today at two o'clock, you can sound check with festival director Bartanon, along with cellist Clive Greensmith and violinist Tessa Lark, They'll rehearse Beethoven's Symphony No. 2 in D major, arranged for a piano trio, which will be part of tonight's performance program. On Saturday at 2 p.m., you can catch a rehearsal of Mendelssohn's Piano Trio Number no. 1 in D minor. These are both live streamed from the concert hall at the new Conrad Prebis Performing Arts Center, and there'll also be a Q&A with the performers at the end of the rehearsal. These are free, but you'll need to register to get to the link to participate in that Q&A. Free open rehearsals are live streamed today and tomorrow at 2 p.m. on YouTube. The new pop-up drive-in at the Westfield North County parking lot has a good family option tonight. 
Yeah. And unfortunately we haven't been able to sneak away from this heat wave by heading to a nice air conditioned movie theater, but the California center for the arts Escondido is trying to approximate that a little. They're bringing movies and concerts to the mall parking lot tonight. They're showing Disney's 2009 animated musical, the princess and the frog. And this summer we got the news that Disneyland's revamping that problematic splash mountain ride to be Princess and the Frog themed. So it's a perfect time to brush up on, on this movie. It's set in 1912 New Orleans, kind of a twist on the frog kissing trope. And it was notable for Disney for being a return to hand-drawn traditional animation. And Randy Newman's music is pretty catchy too. <laughs> I don't have time for dancing. That's just gonna have to wait a while Ain't got time for messing around And it's not my style This old town can slow you down People taking the easy way But I know exactly where I'm going Getting closer and closer every day That was almost there from The Princess and the Frog, which shows tonight at 8 at the new pop-up drive-in in the parking lot of Westfield, North County. For more arts events or to sign up for the weekly arts newsletter, go to kpbs.org arts. I've been speaking with KPBS arts editor Julia Dixon Evans. Julia, thank you. Have a great weekend. Thanks, you too, Maureen. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org.